Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I am your co-host, Maria Casillas, and today I am all alone. Cody was kind enough to give me the week off a couple weeks ago, and so today I'm actually returning that favor to him, and so you are stuck with little old me for the rest of this episode. Um, actually, I was thinking in the last episode, we talked about um, just being able to say no and it kind of how difficult that can be for some people, and at the very end of that podcast, we had talked about how all of that drummed up a bit of a remembrance of a case study. And I wanted to just kind of take this opportunity since I'm by myself today to kind of bring that to you and just unpack it a little bit and just kind of discuss some of the things that I've noticed from it and maybe even help you tie in like why that came to mind when we were discussing how to say no and when that's appropriate last week on the podcast. So uh, before I get started, though, I just want to remind you, if you could please take a moment just to like this podcast, follow us if you haven't already, subscribe, uh, and then make sure you take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review, please. That would be fantastic. We'd appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to join us over in the Facebook group. Our um, group name is New Money Habits Financial Coaches, and we would love to just have you join us there so we can engage in some fun conversation, ask questions there, throw out some of the case studies that you have, and let us unpack those with you together. All right, let's jump right in. Today's probably going to be a slightly shorter episode because I don't have anyone here to banter back and forth with, but hopefully you'll still get some really, really great value from it. Okay, so we talked last week about how sometimes people don't like to hear no, and because they're not liking to hear no, we start to feel a little bit afraid to say no. We kind of assume that that means it's going to let people down. And Cody did a fantastic job of stating the exact opposite by saying, not only does it not let people down, but it actually lifts people up to hear no. When he said that, it reminded me of the fact that, you know what? We actually crave as individuals the, the the ability for somebody to say no to us. We want that boundary just kind of already put in place. We want direction and expectations put there so that we kind of have some idea of where it is that we're trying to go. And if somebody is not able to say no to us, then we end up not really knowing what's next, not what knowing what's expected of us. And we're kind of floundering without any real clue. And I know that sometimes as, as coaches, we are hesitant to say no to clients because again, we wonder, is it making them feel bad? But I want to talk to you today about a client that I'm working with who this, this showed up in her life uh, just very, very drastically. And she didn't know that it was showing up in her life until we started unpacking some things. And when we did, uh, we learned how she was raised and the effect that that upbringing has had on her life, both emotionally and financially, and contrasting that to the way her husband was brought up. And it's been very, very intriguing because they excuse me, they get along very, very well. Um, they actually have a pretty solid marriage, which is really, really great. Um, but it, to see where they come from has been absolutely fascinating. So 
I'll, I'll start with him because I want you to be able to kind of compare that to how she was brought up. So just for the sake of confidentiality, I'm not going to give you the names of the actual clients. So today we're going to call them Tom and Christina, let's say. Uh, so we're going to talk about Tom first. Tom was brought up in a very religious uh, household. It was a two-parent household. His parents stayed married for the entirety of their uh, relationship and um, of their lives, it's going to say, but I think they might still be living. So <laughs> they're still married. Um, so Tom grew up in a very, let's just say, stable environment where, um, you know, there were certain values, there were certain expectations, there were certain there were certain things that were acceptable and unacceptable. And that's kind of how she talks about Tom's upbringing. Uh, she uses those words acceptable and unacceptable pretty frequently. So with that, I can tell you that Tom heard no a lot. You know, he, he heard, no, you're not allowed to do that. That's unacceptable. Or, you know, this is not the right thing to do. So we're not going to allow you to do that. And so he obviously didn't like that very much growing up. I mean, which one of us really does? <laughs> we don't love hearing no. We don't love discipline. That's not a fun thing for us. But he received it. And in childhood, it was starting to form him. And kind of just direct where it was that he was going in and helped him to um, ultimately learn to love himself just because he's a human being. I know that sounds a little dramatic, but you'll see what I'm talking about in just a few seconds. Okay, so I want to contrast that with the way that Christina was brought up. Now, Christina, she had uh, two parents as well. Uh, unfortunately, though, they actually did not stay married for very long. They ended up splitting up, getting a divorce, and then the um, her mom started a relationship with somebody else. And so she had to kind of learn that relationship. Uh, uh, Christina, I almost forgot the real, the, the fake name there for a second. Christina had to adapt to having a different parent in her life for a while. Um, so not this is not a statement that that, you know, kids who grow up in a two-parent household that they stay married all the time are always better off. That's not what this is at all. So I just wanted to make sure that you hear what the difference is that I'm going to share with you. Because there were two different relationships that were raising these kids, there was not very much communication between the two. Uh, so there was not very much consistency. That's, I think, ultimately what I'm getting at there. The way that uh, parents one and two started raising Christina was a little bit different than the way parents one and three started to raise Christina um, after she was a teenager and her father had moved away. So there's that small difference. But here's what got really interesting to me as she was talking about her upbringing. And of course, we she didn't know I was comparing or contra contrasting her upbringing with her husband's. Um, so I just let her kind of free flow, talk to me. And some of the stuff that she stated out loud were things like, um, there were no absolute truths growing up. She said there were no limits, no rules, and um, that... It was all done in the name of unconditional love. Now that I found really, really interesting because we all, anyone who's a parent, anyone who's listening right now, um, even if even if you're not a parent and you're just a coach, you know, you might have that idea that I need to love unconditionally. I don't want any, I don't want there to be any conditions attached to how I am around my children or around my clients. 
And I want you to hear what this meant for them. It meant that there were no boundaries. There were no expectations. There was nothing that was providing guidance for her. And as she grew up, she realized that she had no idea what to do. She's, she's kind of walking on eggshells as a grown adult now because she doesn't know what is acceptable and unacceptable. Everything has been basically relative for her. And she's had a hard time figuring out like what, what really is something that, um, is okay for me to do? What's going to, what's going to help me grow as a person versus, you know, what's actually going to harm me as a person? And it's not that she's not allowed to make her own decisions because she absolutely is allowed to make her own decisions, but she's not quite sure which decisions will result in growth versus in harm for herself. And that's because she lacked that foundation growing up. Now, I want to go back to Christina's parents for a second and remind you that this was all done in the name of unconditional love. So it's not that they didn't care about their kids. They absolutely cared about their kids. But they fell into the trap that Cody was talking about last week, where it was like, I don't want to let my kids down. I don't want them to feel like, you know, that they're the, the love I have for them has these limits. And so whatever it is that's going to make them happy in the moment, that's what I'm going to allow them to do. And so we're seeing now how generation later, it's actually having this negative impact. And, you know, Christina doesn't have any children. Uh, so she actually is, um, She's not passing this on to her own children. However, she does have nieces and nephews and she struggles with boundaries because as a result of all of this, she doesn't understand like what those boundaries should be or what they would look like. And so she has a hard time setting them, let alone keeping them. So that's kind of where she has gotten from there. And it's just, it's, Again, it's been very interesting to watch that play out. We are working very, very closely together to make sure that she's setting those good, strong, healthy boundaries and understanding how no to her family members is actually an empowering statement, that it's not something that that keeps them down. It doesn't disempower them. And quite frankly, it's the exact opposite for her. So, so she's seeing that, she's learning that, but it is hard. It's really, really hard for her. And it's frustrating to her because she'll go and she'll talk to Tom about this. And <laughs> Tom will, I mean, admittedly, he'll just almost laugh it off because he's like, why is this so hard for you, sweetheart? I mean, he's not as condescending as I totally made him out to be right there. Um, but it is really difficult for him to think about how she could possibly not know how to set this boundary because it comes very, very naturally to Tom. Well, why do you think it comes so naturally to Tom? I'm venturing to say it's because it was modeled for Tom all through his childhood. He saw people modeling acceptable behavior versus unacceptable behavior. He watched and, and received consequence for any of the actions that he took that resulted in negative um, consequences for himself because it would create negative or harmful behavior for others. So as his parents were kind of just being there and naturally walking him through that process, he was able to learn it. And unfortunately, Christina is now in her 50s and she's learning this for the first time. 
So it's not all, all hope is not lost for Christina. She's actually doing fantastically. She is making strides week after week and setting those boundaries and able to actually maintain some of them or practicing, you know, just how to actually say no in a very nice way. <laughs> um, the one that not just makes the people who she's saying no to feel comfortable because that's not as important, um, but the way that she feels okay about. That's really what she's working through right now is trying to work through that whole, like, I don't feel comfortable saying no because it's not a boundary yet that I have been able to figure out how to do. So so she is making great strides. It's just unfortunate that it's taking this long for her to be able to start that process because, you know, the, the older we are when we start something, obviously the tougher that can be for us. So, uh, so that's the case study that I wanted to share with you today. And I just wanted to let you know on more of a personal note, how setting these limits in our relationships actually is so good for our kids growing up. So we recently just had um, an issue with one of our pets and she's in the middle of having to figure out whether we're in the middle of having to figure out whether um, she gets a lot of this really expensive treatment or we end up not allowing her to do that. So we, we actually decided to um, take a middle of the road approach and we are doing something to try to extend her life in a, in a pretty reasonable way. Um, but we have had had discussions with our children about where do we draw that line and at what point is, you know, too much, too much. So <laughs> I bring this up because um, my adult daughter now, she's 18, um, she had the conversation with me. And this is a very difficult one for her to have. But I just want to share with you what laying that foundation has done for her. She obviously is very torn up about this. This is actually her dog, um, and she's away at school right now, so she's having a hard time with like making some of these decisions with us. But what she said to me was, Mom, I understand. I understand why you need to make some of these decisions, and I understand the, the logic that you're coming at from, it's okay, I know that this is very hard emotionally for me, but I understand. And I just got to thinking, you know what? That has such a level of maturity to that statement because it's very hard, especially when you're emotional about something. I'll, I'll be very transparent with you guys. I am a kid person. Uh, and if I'm being even more transparent, I'm a my kid person. <laughs> Um, I know that sounds horrible. I, I do love children. I, I value children very much, um, but I don't have a super high tolerance or patience for lots of children all at once. So I'll just, I'm just going to be honest and throw that out there. However, um, I do put a very high value on my children, especially, and I can usually, um, stand having all four of them in the room at the same time. <laughs> Usually you guys are going to have all sorts of fun uh, thoughts about me after this particular podcast. Um, but I am definitely more of a child person than I am an animal person. And I've been very honest with everybody about that. And I, you know, people are funny. My, my kids, especially, they'll be like, mom, you don't even like the dog. I'm like, mm, I tolerate the dog because I love you guys. Like that's kind of how this works in our household. So um, my, I shared that very vulnerable piece of information with you guys, because I want you to know that when my daughter's talking about, you know, mom, it's okay. I understand why you're having to make these decisions. 
decisions. The reason there's a very strong and high level of maturity there is because my daughter knows about my feelings about this dog and she's not allowing that to cloud uh, her her perception of the decisions that we are having to make right now. She understands that there are certain things that we're willing to do and able to do, and that there are certain times when we just have to say, no, like, we're really sorry, we're not able to do that. And I'm just really, really proud of her that she was able to in her pretty still young youth, uh, be able to see that distinction and be okay with that. So that's it. I wanted to share that because there's hope out there. Um, I just, this is a little bit of a tag on or tack on to our discussion last time. So we won't hound you with having to say no all the time, but I just wanted to give you a real life example of when this actually plays out and how it plays out in people's lives further and further down the road so that, you know, if you are ever feeling guilty about saying no to somebody, whether it's one of your potential clients that you decided you don't want to work with, or maybe it's a client that you're currently working with and they're just not showing up for you or for themselves and you needed to kind of, you know, sever that relationship, or it's something that you are talking to a parent or you're talking to a child or you're talking to a friend. This is applicable in just about any scenario in your life. So I just wanted to share that with you so you understand um, how it plays out. And I appreciate you being here today. I very much look forward to having Cody back here next week. And we will jump right back on that bandwagon together. And we'll see you then next time. Thanks, you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.